tag team back again family you and me me and you focused on what we need to do okay welcome to take the leap um you're tuning into the podcast aimed at escaping the matrix and reconnecting to your inner knowing on this path of self-actualization i hope it's not your first time but if it is welcome glad to have you here and for everybody returning you already know who it is my name is shay for those of you who are here for the first time it's definitely nice to meet you let's see if we can resonate uh, on this frequency together i'm excited to always share this space with you um I'm on my own journey of transformation and discovery, and I meet a lot of individuals who are doing just the same, all ages, all backgrounds, and it's always a pleasure just to exchange that energy uh, with everyone. We're meeting here on this podcast twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, peeling back new layers of the onion despite smiles, tears, and all of those fears, okay? So we don't just talk about things, but we're aimed at walking that walk as well, right? So putting the things that we learn into action, being able to sit those things out, uh, hold on to the things that we resonate with that's appropriate for our walk at this particular time where we feel moved to uh, receive that information and to apply that information. And then sifting out whatever does not resonate at this time. And who knows, at a different time, a different space, a different place, um, that information may come in handy and maybe it's not information that uh will be handy for you maybe it will be handy for someone else you'll meet someone on your journey and you'll think hey i don't know if this would work for you i don't know if you ever heard of this before but here's the share right because if you know like i know being a leader is not in a title a position right or a paycheck you can be a leader right from where you are i know the first time that i heard that and i start to process that and apply that it really made a difference in my life um, I had started taking a look at different speakers, people that I admired, just people who were in a, a higher position than me in the company that I worked for, um, people who were just in that same position at different companies as well. So every time that I would go to a public talk or uh, someone would speak, right, and someone would give a presentation, I would just kind of write down the things that they were talking about. And when I was able to go over those notes and compare each one of those speakers, I learned that they had some things uh, very much in common. One, um, either people had faith, faith in some way, right? Uh, It was something that they could not see, but they knew was achievable. And so what they were seeking out were those tools and those actions that they could perform and use in order to achieve that goal that they didn't necessarily see manifested in front of them at that time. Um, They would also talk about having support, whether that be from family, friends, uh, co-workers, uh, groups that they had joined, but there was some type of support. They were with people who were like-minded, okay? Um, And then just having that drive, no matter what the obstacle was, because they all had obstacles, okay? But no matter what the obstacle was, they still were committed to the goal, more committed to the goal than um, being knocked down by the obstacle because I don't know if you know like I know, but definitely obstacles can flatten you out, right? (laughs) Give you a little bit of a flat liner. And so knowing that why, what, what is the pursuit of this thing that you have in front of you What's, what's keeping you focused on that goal? Because that will be the thing that keeps you up when you feel like laying down. That will be the thing that keeps you moving forward when you feel like stepping back. 
that will be the thing that keeps you standing up when everybody's trying to sit you down okay so now I'm gonna get off my little soapbox we don't have that much time together and I do want to get into this we talked about um, resilience right and uh, five things that we could do to participate in a growth mindset because fear creates lack and lack is something that keeps us from moving forward thinking that we never can we never will and the reasons why are because maybe we weren't born with a certain talent ability skill right and so I hope by now you know that that's not true. If you did not have a chance to take a listen to the previous podcast, you may want to go there first and kind of like get your juices to stir in and then figure out where am I in this thing, right? Is, is there any place where I'm questioning myself? And I know that, like I said, we can talk about it, but it definitely helps to say sometimes we want to look and we want to say that that's possible. I always say that was the deal when um, Obama became president, right? People sit down with their children. They were more likely to tell them, you know, if someone said, I want to be the president, they were more likely to tell the little black kid that, oh, that probably couldn't happen because look at all the things before, right? So sometimes you're going to have a vision and it's your vision. It's not somebody else's vision and it's not even meant for them to have that vision. And so therefore they do not have the advice, the steps, um, the go-tos. They don't have the workarounds. They don't have those things and therefore it is up to you to build yourself into a space where you can still be committed to that vision because no one else around you can see it, right? Uh, A lot of the times we have to let go, we feel like we have to let go of those visions and there's this sense of regret that I never came into my own or uh, what, what have you. And then maybe somewhere down the line you're thinking, and say it happens, right? Obama becomes president. Now you're thinking back to 1962 when everybody was telling you that you couldn't. And at the same time, this man here, someone was telling him that he could. And so therefore he was pursuing those actions and and those um, opportunities that would get him there. I had an accountability coach and um, they would always say, you know, nothing's, nothing's about luck, right? It's more about preparation, meaning an opportunity. That's what luck is. Preparation, meaning an opportunity. You can meet all types of opportunities, but if you're not prepared for it, then it doesn't happen. So some people can feel like, I have this talent, I have this deal, but everyone, if you, if you just take a look, everyone who has gotten to a place that you may be looking forward to, you're thinking, I can do that, I can be that. Well, what's the difference between you and that person? Did they outwork you? Is it the dedication that they had? Is it the commitment that they had to the vision? Did they go out every day doing those things? Or were they going to the left a little bit here because, well, I don't know if this is gonna work. You know, those are the things that we have to be honest about, um, especially when we're talking about accountability. Nobody likes to talk about that, but accountability. And we're just in an age right now where everything is the microwave age, right? I plant it, I want it to harvest today. But that's just not how it works. So how much planting are we doing rather than just looking out at the harvest? Sometimes when the harvest comes, even everything that we're picking, right, it's it's not necessarily good. And then things come and they, they, you have animals that come into, I hate to say it like that, but you have animals who come into the garden, they steal things, right? They may rustle things up, they may slow the growth down, there's, there's winter cold, 
that could also destroy the crop. So, you know, you have to think of it. There's these outside elements that are happening and therefore that resilience is needed. Now, today I want to talk about some real life examples. And I thought about this a little bit because I was thinking, well, what examples do I want to talk about? And I decided I'm just going to stick to what I know, right? I could talk about my experiences better than I could talk about anyone else's. But I do not want you to let other people's experiences go um, uninvestigated, right? Um, There's many people who are in the media, many people who are in the uh, entertainment industry, uh, many people who are public speakers, people who are in your community, leaders in your community, and they have stories as well. And a lot of the times we're not seeing that part of the story because there's not an opportunity for that to be highlighted. But if you ever get in the room with them and you have a chance, maybe even for some informal mentorship, especially when people are um, doing presentations about their experience, you'll often find that there's some type of adversity that they experience. But there was also this need to overcome that thing and to uh, power through it, right? Uh, mostly I talk about, uh, I like to joke or kind of describe it as the N-word, not the er or the ah, but the ist, because it's a word that's thrown around so much, and I do believe that it gets misused, right? Um, it's not just about somebody being mean or being selfish. There's a very strategic and methodical way that this is employed or deployed, you might want to say, because it's a program. And um, you can get sucked into the program so much so that you choke yourself out. And I think the best illustration that I have for that is um, it's more like little by little you're making these movements and these strings are getting attached. Strings that you never even notice are being attached until, you know, you're like, wait a minute, that, that feels a little you know, a little tuggish, but you feel like, okay, but I'm the one moving the strings, right? And now the other person, there comes a point where it feels like they're moving the strings more than you, right? You're like a little puppet. And then you, you want to fight back because you realize I got all these strings attached and it, it's, it's restricting my movement, restricting uh, my identity, who, who I am and the love that I have for myself. And so you start standing up for yourself, yelling and screaming and fighting back, right? And maybe those strings are getting tangled up. And then all of a sudden, the, the strings are moving in such a way, the more, the more that you're doing this, the more that you're, you're uh, bursting out into emotion and letting your emotion take control of you, the more that you're getting tangled up in these strings to a point where the person no longer has to pull them anymore. They're just entertained by the fact that you keep getting tangled up in them, right? And they're calling everybody on to, to look at you tangled up in the strings and it becomes a some form of entertainment for the individual and sometimes you can get so tangled up might snuff yourself out or get definitely close to it and when I say that I don't even mean you can you can be living and breathing and still feel dead inside like there's no purpose to, to living there's no reason for you to get up in the morning there's no reason for you to comb your hair, for you to shower. There's no reason uh, for you to have body movement. There's no reason for you to be thankful or grateful. There's no reason, right? You're just waiting for the end to come because in your mind, the end would be better than anything that you are experiencing in the current state. And sometimes it actually gets to that point for some individuals. And some individuals actually uh, get to a point where they can create some distance, but there are other people who are motivated in such a way 
that um, that feeling and that darkness it it encompasses them it drowns them and on the way down they decide that they can't go alone and so they're gonna take someone with them and it's very important and I'm always telling people you know you might get caught in those situations but it's important to recognize when you're in one um, I remember a situation where I was picking up a young lady from the store now I like to work with people and before I really knew how to uh, avoid taking on other people's feelings I would just feel drained all the time drained all the time didn't want to answer my phone um, you can only really reach me by text message and there was a point where I didn't want to go out too much too many people I really wasn't in the mood because I needed to be able to uh, have that energy to work with people in the daytime on my on time so on my off time I just when it complete silence and a little bit of time to myself okay now whether that was um, plausible or not it, it kind of varied from day to day um, I've, I've been a mom for a long time so there's people who still depend on you right they they have lessons that they're learning and they need guidance for those lessons as well okay so little things like that would get to me and I would just feel myself drained all the time and so I remember picking up this lady and she didn't have a place to go and she was trying to get away it appeared she was getting away from someone she had come to the store with someone and they were no longer there um, I did feel a little bit uneasy not too much though I pretty much followed my intuition in those situations and so far it has worked out for me um, but I was just thinking to myself like you know, a lot of things are going on with me and I'm dealing with a lot of things, but I'm not homeless at this time. And here's this lady. I have nowhere for her to go, nowhere to drop her off, you know, so I was thankful for that. And I, I kid you not, maybe the next year around the same time, I found myself in that same condition and I was leaving a relationship. I don't, I don't want to call it a relationship. I hate the word entanglement as well, but I was, I was, um disconnecting from an attachment that I had with someone that was unhealthy right and the deal that made it so difficult is because uh, we also had an attachment that we made together so sometimes people may have assets or children things like that it was very difficult so there were some things that I had to decide and I made those decisions and there came some points where I just felt you know I was down but I knew that I had to have a place prepared for the future because I had hope for how things could change. And I had hope in my abilities, even though uh, my tools at that time may not have been uh, getting me the exact results that I was looking for. It just wasn't the time I was planting, right? But it wasn't time for me to harvest. And so it's that end goal of being reunited with my daughter, that end goal of, you know, making sure that she knows that she's loved by me, that kept me motivated regardless of any of the obstacles that were, were coming. And I like to say that a lot to people too, you know, there's going to be these hurdles. You either got to go over, go under, um, on the side, around, jump on it. Uh, what do they call it? What is that? Limbo. <laughs> you got a limbo under it. But there are things that can be done and sometimes you just got to stop and get some energy until you can climb over the thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes stopping is in action and we don't give ourselves credit for that. We just think if we're not moving, sometimes we're moving too fast and we need to slow things down. 
I remember having my car repoed. I remember sleeping in my car. There's so many things that have happened. And I remember uh, at one point thinking to myself, why are all these adverse things happening? And you know what else was the problem for me? I had experienced a really good time in life previous to that. It's when I started to detach from certain things and, you know, started living as myself, started not pleasing myself, because there's a difference between knowing your self-worth and then being self-centered. And I think a lot of times when we talk about self-love and the journey like that, um, people do get that confused about what that means. I also think a lot of that has to do with, uh, we like to use the word healing, but when we're actually addressing those issues and working through those issues, processing those, and really understanding a proper place for it in our lives, meaning um, there can be lessons learned from that, right? And how what we want to do, what we don't want to do, and what we want to continue doing as we move forward. Because you're always gonna be experiencing different people, right? As long as you're living, there's gonna be other people living too. And so it's not that you won't run into some some things that don't resonate with you. It's do you have the strength, do you have the ability to identify it and say you need to stay on this side of the boundary. Because sometimes that can be very difficult, especially if we're feeling for people. Sometimes we feel like we want to punish ourselves, right? This should be happening to me because I was not a good person in 1982. And so I, I deserve this forever suffering, right? It can be that way as well. Um, I like to say that people are definitely going to take as much as you give. So you have to decide that right away. How much of this will you give, right? How much longer am I, am I going to tangle myself up, right? Because it may require me to calm down for a minute, just take a step back and figure out how to get untangled. And sometimes that is strategic, just as strategic as the person pulling the strings. A lot of times uh, we may be in situations that we don't necessarily control, but how do we manage them? Control and management are two different things. Sometimes you cannot control. Most times, especially if it's not you, you only control you and your reactions and your attitude towards something. You do not control other individuals. And so we get caught up with trying to control how people are responding to us, control how people um, see us, control the opinions that other people have. And we don't have that control. What we can do is manage that information that's coming in, right? Um, You can't stop people from talking about you, but you can stop internalizing the things that they are saying. You can find the evidence to whether those things are truth, right? If you want to, and I've done that before because I'll tell you one thing, I've been called a bitch way too many times. (laughs) And somebody told me, now if everybody's calling me that, you're the common denominator. Well, for me, I just found that not to be true. Now, were there times when I could be very harsh? just kind of tactless and cutthroat of course and those are situations where I had to decide how do I want to handle this do I want this to be my presentation am I happy with it at the end of the day am I happy with how I make people feel when I enter the room and when I'm gone am I okay with that now people will always receive you differently because they don't have all of the information and of course there's people that you can keep close to you and you can uh, respect their opinion right but you also always have to decide, am I taking ownership of this opinion? People give you advice. Am I taking ownership of this advice? Does this belong to me, right? Everybody's not going to have your mission, your story, 
uh, your vision. And sometimes the advice and the opinions that they have, the commentary that they give you, will not resonate with your purpose, your vision, your goal, and where you're going. You have to decide, are you able to separate yourself from that? Does it mean that you have to cut people off? No, not necessarily. But a lot of the times we do not want to admit that we don't have boundaries, that where did we let this person get into our lives, right? It doesn't have to be the victim mentality at all, but it is this checks and balances that we should do with ourselves. this point of accountability, right? A lot of times there's a lot of images going around out here and we look at an image and we feel like I can never measure up to that. Stop looking at the images. That's what I say. I think that's one of the points of resilience. We never know what that person thinks about themselves, right? Um, we're in a society right now where happiness is based on things, what kind of things you have, um, what kind of image you hold, and what other people think of you. And so we rarely have the time or take the time to sit down and really ask ourselves, am I proud of my presentation? Um, is there anything that, that I would like to see different about myself? And whether that pleases someone or not, how does this work? Now, everybody who has a vision of their future and who they are and how they want to present themselves is not always even going to um, fall in line with the law, right? There's consequences and rewards to every action and every decision. Even if the reward brings about a consequence, that's still something you have to decide if you're able to manage, right? So a lot of things have to do with control and controlling other individuals, but not actually controlling ourselves and then managing the patterns of behavior, the inputs, right, that we're getting from other individuals. And so if I had to say anything about resilience and seeing that in action, it would definitely be about the control of your responses and your attitude, your emotions, knowing when to give up emotion to someone and knowing when it's not deserved. Um, one of the verses in the Bible, that's what it talks about, you know, um, giving bread to a babe. They're not ready for that, right? Or milk to a full-grown adult. It doesn't feed them. And so you have to ask yourself those things too. Am I feeding myself properly? Not, not the physical food, but those things that are needed for our mental health, those things that are needed uh, for our encouragement, those things that are needed for our growth mindset. Am I feeding myself properly? And if I'm not, what does that look like? Okay. We know what we see on others, but is it appropriate for me? Because with, um, it says he that is faithful and little is faithful and much. The thing is though, we find ourselves always wanting the much, right? We want the much, but there's a, a still responsibilities that come with that and usually more responsibilities. So if we're not handling the few responsibilities that we have with ourselves, why are we wanting to take on the much that definitely is going to involve all of these other aspects, right? So just because the much comes, it doesn't mean that the responsibility somehow is hidden or it doesn't come with it much responsibility comes with it and so when we're exercising that growth mindset right and again it's constant 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 because we have many things being said many messages being uh programmed into us conditioned into us right just 
by TV, social media alone. And so it's important that we're able to check those things against ourselves and say, is this good for me? And when it's not good for me, does it mean that it's bad because Johnny says, oh, that's not going to work for me? It doesn't mean that, right? It doesn't mean that at all. And so it's that uh, ability to be honest about where you are, what skills you have, and what skills you may need to acquire in order for you to reach that vision that you have for yourself. And if you have a vision that nobody else has, right, how do you expect anyone to know what to do with that? Nobody has the blueprint. So you just might be the person who is paving the way for that. You're the only person being given that vision. There are things that you might have to fight through, and that's what it is, choosing your battles, because there will be battles. Some you will lose, some you will win, but the point is enduring to win the war, right? To win the war. And so uh, there was a time when I would say and, and ask, you know, why am I even going through all of these things? But in the course of my work, not that it made it better, not that it made it hurt less, not that, uh, you know, it didn't affect me as much, but in the work that I was committed to and that I, and I still enjoy doing now, and what I feel I'm really, really good at and what my talent is, it definitely played into that role. It was like, it just, those experiences, not that I enjoyed them, but those experiences made it uh, easier for me to communicate and to develop rapport with the individuals that I worked with. And so I started to value those experiences and started looking for the little lessons, started looking for the ways that I could improve my mindset, right, about the situation. Not that I would enjoy it, but I started saying to myself, wow, remember when, you know, this would just totally ruin my day or this would totally break me down. I would just totally be stuck. And now it's not that I'm able to take this information and see what's going on and put it in its proper place, right, so that I can quote unquote manage it. I don't control it, but I can manage it. And so they say life is all a stage. And sometimes that's how things can be. Um, people can be strategic with things or people can be supportive. And sometimes we're, we're concerned or we're, we don't want to look for new things. So then how will you have a different experience a lot of commentary that goes on today on the internet, right? We speak from our experiences, and so it's like, well, I experienced these three people, and I, the way that I could explain that um, being, I don't talk about that a lot, but being molested, right, uh, by people that you know, I could think that family's a piece of shit, right? Um, there's not too much for me to put into family or relatives. Um, and then people who look like you, that's the environment that you're in. And so I could think that, you know, black men are a piece of shit. But I came to the realization that that's not true. That's the experience and the environment that I was in. Those individuals that I experienced, that's who they were. But they are not the collective of every black male. And therefore, I came into the thinking that, no, every black man is not a piece of shit. Just those ones that I was exposed to, right? But I learned that there's other people living in different ways. And sometimes we don't get the opportunity to step outside of that. Like, uh, we want to talk about the quote-unquote hood mentality, right? Some people don't get the opportunity to step outside of the hood. And there are people who will make you feel guilty for wanting to do so. When I was growing up as a gay kid, I had all types of friends, right? 
and um, there was only a class of us and we would take all of our classes together. Now, when we got ready to go on field trips, we were on the short bus and I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s and so being on the short bus had a negative connotation. It just meant that you weren't smart, um, that you were some type of special needs kid, right? So they were trying to make you feel bad for that and it was the craziest thing because if you liked anything about academia, then you you were a nerd and that had a, ne- a negative connotation. But what was the alternative? Being out here in the streets, um, getting harmed, uh, contracting diseases, um, losing your life, you know. But the things, and it's that whole thing of what's good is being made to be bad and what's bad is being made to be good. And a lot of times that's because misery loves company. It's that whole crabs in a barrel situation. You know, if you can't get out, if I can't get out, you can't get out. And then, you know, if it looks like you're getting out, I'm going to make sure that I bring you all the way back. It's that whole thing of, oh, you're not really hood. When did hood become entertainment? When did... I'm going to leave that alone. But these are the things. Killing people has been made cool. Selling drugs has been made cool. Prostitution has been made cool. When before, that was something uh, that was detrimental. It was something that was harmful to, to your state of being. And now it's the cool thing to do. Oh, it's just entertainment. How much are we going to be entertained? The ha-ha funny is over. So, resilience, sometimes you have to face things head on, even if it's not pleasurable. Because every experience in life is not going to be pleasurable. With joy comes pain. There's always the opposite spectrum. And when you can look at that and see that, It's easier for you to manage and put those things in perspective, right? Um, Like they said, it's not always dark. And even when it's dark, the moon is out. There's a little bit of light, just not as much as there is when the sun is out, right? But those cycles come, and that's how life is. It's a bunch of cycles. So what tools are needed to manage those cycles? And if we're always doing the same thing, we cannot be expecting a different response, right? Oh, I'm going to forgive Tootie today. You know, she did that two times before, but I'm going to forgive her again. Hey, I'm all for forgiveness, right? But now I got to back you up some. I got to back you up, Tootie, because your patterns of behavior are showing me something that's displeasurable for me. It's not something that I want in my space. So I also have to take responsibility of how, how many times do I allow you to be close enough to affect that type of change, to affect that type of damage in my life. If that's what's going on, I have to be responsible for that as well. Uh, I think a good example of that is like if you have somebody who's using drugs, right? It's, it's gone. This is a pattern of behavior. And although we would like them to move out of those patterns and to get help, if that's not, ha- help, if that's not happening, then we pretty much know the fate based on experiences that we've seen before and it doesn't matter how much we open up it doesn't matter how much we help it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the more you open up the more that is being taken so 
people have to have accountability for self and that way you can decide how to engage with others there's just going to be times everything's just not going to feel good and we start getting into those conversations because when you start assessing your self-worth and really taking ownership of that there will be adverse experiences it will be you can't please all of the people all of the time but that's what it feels like when quote unquote life is good okay you're not making anybody mad um, nobody's jealous nobody's taking you know everybody's giving since when what we can do though is have that patience to be able to manage those behaviors. I don't have to retaliate on anyone. I don't have to give them exactly what they're giving me, right? But I also put up boundaries because I'm not going to let them come and tear down the me that I have built, the me that I'm confident in, the me that I love presenting. The me, the unique me. It's my responsibility to embrace that and so I stay committed to me I stay loyal to me and I stay very consistent with others right uh, when I was Jehovah Witness there was an elder who used to say you know uh, attachments your children will pull you right out of your religion right because you love them so much but at some point people become responsible for their own behaviors And then you have to decide, are those behaviors that, you know, I want to allow in my life? And even when it's not pertaining to other people, you, how you behave, how you behave with yourself and how you behave in the relationships that you engage in daily, that's that resilience in action. That's that growth mindset in action. Oh, I already gone over my time. You know, we didn't talk about the Facebook group, but you know, you can pop right over there, okay? And we can continue this conversation live and in effect. That group is still growing. Please feel free to reach out to me at Shay, S-H-E-A, Tostin, T-O-S-T-O-N, and I will gladly answer any questions that you have. You can search that Facebook group. It's Take the Leap. And it's searchable, but you won't be able to see the members or any of the conversations going on in there unless you are a member of that group. To become a member of that Facebook community, you must answer the questions because it's a commitment that I want you to have to yourself when entering the group. This is a space that I want to be uh, open and vulnerable, and I want people to really be able to speak without tearing other people down, okay, without pointing fingers. I'm telling you, it sounds easy, but it can be uh, (laughs) very enlightening. And it can be a little difficult when we start to come to terms with ourselves and really address those things that we're unhappy with, right? If we remove everybody else and just, it's just us, it's a very powerful thing, though, when you go through it and you do that, the exercising of uh, the, the mental, you do the exercising of the heart, right? In one of these podcasts, we'll have to talk about uh, the different types of love because we focus a lot on that external and the erotic love that having a partner to love us, right? But there's so many aspects of love, and that's probably why it's the greatest thing named in the Bible. I talk about the Bible because um, it's referenced a lot, whether people like it or they don't like it, but I definitely want to get into that. 
Um, but for now, I'll go ahead and I'll have to let you go because I've taken so much of your time. I hope to see you here or hear you here again. Um, definitely reach out and give some uh, comments commentary i would definitely love that i can never thank everybody enough just for taking the leap with me every week um in another couple of days we'll be back here again with another subject okay so join me in uh, another step in stone and reconnecting with ourselves and accessing the knowledge that we're born with to navigate our journeys to self-actualization until we meet again always same time same station